to give away. Uh, number three is we started these in response to uh, the COVID pandemic, and it's turned out to be an amazing, amazing blessing. Um, I think some of you know me, Dorothy Polarski started, you know, we've worked with 40 mothers groups in the parish of Ontario, in the parishes and archdiocese of Toronto, um, hosts the Dynamic Women of Faith Conference. We're at 37 people, I'm pumped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very cool, very cool. Um, we also, uh, so we meet to encourage you, to support you, we meet to pray with you and to pray for you. We also meet so that you can meet other Catholic moms that just rock, you know? Like these Catholic moms, you know, that just fill your heart and you go, oh my gosh, I want to be just like her, you know? Because uh, so often, whether we're going to work, whether we're going to um, you know, the office, we don't meet vibrant Catholic women. And I think there's a lot of power in meeting one another. So I, I want to introduce you to today to two amazing women, but uh, someone, Lucy Gallagher is saying, hi, Sarah. Hi, Maria. <laughs> saying hello from <laughs> Ohio. Yay, yay. So we've got the U.S. So mother's group leader, not mother's group leader. Oh my gosh, that was a slip. A future mother's group leader. Um, I got lots of stories about Nella, but I won't share them today. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, she's in the book, Motherhood Matters. Uh, um, so anyway, I'd like to begin with a, just a quick prayer um, in thanksgiving for this session today. So dear Lord, Jesus, we know that whenever two or more people are gathered in your name, that you're present that you're among us. And there's more than two of us here, Jesus. There's 42 of us here and we're all gathered. We're all gathered in, in your name. We're gathered here because of you, Jesus, because we love you um, and we worship you. And we're just so grateful for all of the graces you've dispensed. And we're grateful, dear Lord, that uh, you gave your life for us. and you know, if we know that Jesus is present, I always say to a mother's group that two or more are gathered in his name and Jesus is present, that we should be rejoicing, right? And to allow the spirit of joy, like Jesus is here amongst us. Um, so Jesus, we acknowledge your presence. We rejoice in your presence. We also turn to our blessed mother and we ask her to wrap her loving arms around each of us. Um, you know, the, the the people that are here um, signing on, and we ask our Blessed Mother to wrap her arms around Maya and Sarah. And uh, one thing I, I said earlier when I was chatting with Sarah and Maya was that we're praying for more babies in the world. I sometimes fight with our Blessed Mother. I say, come on, <laughs> we want more babies. Come on, you can make it happen. You can pull a few strings. If you can fill wine jugs, certainly you can fill babies into the uteruses of women that want them. You know, so I scream at her sometimes. Um, my spiritual director reminds me, he says, you know, after all, she is a Jewish mother, so you can talk to her. Like, you know. <laughs> um, so thank you all for, for signing up. Um, St. Patricia from St. Gregory's, um, 
yay, more babies. <laughs> We're waiting all for more babies. So I want to introduce you to uh, Maya and Sarah. And rather than me going on and on, because you guys know I do that too much, I'm going to ask uh, Maya, tell us a little bit about yourself. Maya. Hi. Yeah, sure. Hi, everybody. This is really exciting for me. I'm, uh, I've been stuck at home with a two and a half year old since March break. So um, being with 45 people all together, that's a big deal. I'm really thrilled. Um, so I guess some of you know me because I, I just saw some friends sign on. That's cool. Um, I think the first thing I'd say about myself is that I'm an artist and uh, I come from a big European family. My dad was Croatian. My mom was Polish. Um, sadly, they've both passed on. Um, but in a way, we, we rejoice in that too because I have parents who are far more capable of, uh, of praying for me and caring for me now. Um, but um, anyhow, um, uh, I studied art history in university and uh, I was just kind of following my art, my passion as an artist. And uh, later on, I did an undergrad in, in education. So I'm also a certified teacher. Um, I had a missionary zeal, actually, as a matter of fact, when, my, when the dean um, of my university handed me my certificate, he asked me, in that split second, he said, what's, what's in for you next? And I said, missionary work. And I, it was actually not conscious, and that's what came out of my mouth. So maybe the Holy Spirit was um, was just giving me a little foretaste of, of what was to come for me. That was in my heart. Um, and so what I think what happened as a result of that is the Lord opened doors for me in that direction. I did ministry at the York Catholic Chaplaincy for quite a while. <clears throat> I was teaching religion at the secondary level, um, and then I moved up to Barry's Bay where I was friends with um, Madonna House, the community. Um, so that was kind of my, my in, in into the Berries Bay, um, Our Lady Seat of Wisdom Academy community, which is now a um, fully, um, what's the word, Sarah? Accredited, accredited yeah, accredited uh, Catholic, <laughs> Catholic University. So um, <clears throat> I worked there as well. And then um, I went back into education and then started a family at the ripe old age of <laughs> I met my husband at 38 we had a really short courtship and uh, got married a, actually just over a year after meeting him so to uh, like right now I think it's been it's been five years since I met my husband and we uh, yeah five years and everything has changed for me so I'm currently 43 years old I have a two and a half year old who um, keeps me well he keeps me busy, but that's an understatement. Um, and I'm, a, I'm on a leave of absence from teaching. And I've kind of been working on uh, developing my portfolio for interior decorating is something that I've been doing for a long time. But I just, I'm going to be, I'm working on that currently. That's my sort of professional um, focus right now. But um, Anton, my son, keeps me quite engaged on every level otherwise. <laughs> yeah, so you've got uh, a hello here. Hi, Maya. It's Jennifer from CCY with you from way back then. Yep, way and back. Way back. And then 20 we've, years. Got, we've got Rama saying, Maya, you look gorgeous. You look amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, you got a lot of, uh, a lot of friends here uh, cheering you on. I know. So yeah. you've had a, a very, very full professional background. That's like 
Yeah, you know, I worked, I, I was, I was a professional. I mean, I had to be, um, I was independent and I was self-sufficient. I was, um, I, I had enough, um, after I left Barry's Bay, I realized that I needed to do something about maybe having a pension of some sort because I didn't have a husband and I uh, couldn't count on my parents, um, you know, for the rest of my life. So uh, that's where teaching came in. It was sort of more secure and I was able to buy a house right before I got married. I bought a house and I was living the life. It was good. It was good, but it wasn't fulfill fulfilling, you know, so. Yeah. So uh, that's, uh, that, that's fantastic. That really gives us, and I don't know, I just like to tell everybody because I'm so, uh, I guess I'm so, I don't know what the right word is, but anyway, um, Maya is my cousin's daughter. And so I am so old that I remember when Maya was born. <laughs> so don't ask me about how old I was when I had my first child. Um, anyway, so it's, um, it's, it's just been really amazing having uh, Maya, uh, her two sisters, like, you know, have, having entered into the fullness of the faith and kind of like not being the only one in the extended family that is, you know, uh, praying to our Blessed Mother and promoting novenas. And by the way, very important today to start. I'm not, it's not it, was, it is very important to me, but uh, today is a great day to start the novena to the uh, Sacred Heart of Jesus. Yeah. Oops, I just, I just dropped my holy water in St. Mary. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're going to drop anything, drop holy water. So uh, please start the novena to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Um, I do want to mention that next, next Tuesday, the evening, or next Thursday, rather, the afternoon before the Sacred Heart of Jesus, we're having a priest giving a reflection on the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and it's a Sacred Heart priest, right? And uh, I've known him since 1989, and uh, he's journeyed with me, and I'm very grateful for Father James Casper. So tune in next week. There's going to be a bit of a different format. We're going to have a priest giving a reflection on the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So my, my cousin, um, and, and Sarah is an amazing friend of mine. Look at that smile of Sarah. Sarah, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? I, my smile is genetic, I, I think. I think all of the people have the same smile. So um, I, was, I was one of eight. I was, I was uh, born into a family, a large Catholic family. We, the thing I remember most about my upbringing is is the fact that it, uh, our Catholic faith was, we just, we lived it. We just, it was part of everything, almost everything we did. Uh, all of our friends were mostly from church, from our church community. We went to different church communities. So we had this very large circle of family and friends and it was just something we did, you know, all, all the time. Uh, so when it came time for to go to university, it was, I chose to go to the University of Steubenville. So I, I graduated from Steubenville with a biology degree and a, um, a minor in theology. So I, I, I didn't know exactly what I was gonna do with it, but I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I loved my time at Steubie, so it was, it was really great. Um, a lot of the women there went for their MRS degree. But I, I, I did not. I, uh, I, I, I left Steubenville and I worked in different places. I traveled. I went, I, I was in North Carolina for a couple of years. I worked for a doctor there and 
um, came, came home. I met my husband eventually and we, uh, we got married and settled down and we're really excited to start a family. And uh, a year went by and two years went by and three years went by and there was still no baby. And we, uh, it ended up being 13 years. And in that time we did just, like, we, we lived as much as we could, you know, so we, we traveled, we went to, we had different jobs. We bought and sold a couple houses. Um, I, I went through a lot of healing in that time, healing I didn't know that I needed. And it, it was really beautiful, even though it was so hard. So uh, it was just before I turned 39, we had just given it one last go. So we had all kinds of, we tried conventional medicine and unconventional medicine. We had uh, novenas and uh, rosaries and prayers and uh, pilgrimages. We did, a, we did just about everything. And uh, there was still no baby. So by about 39, uh, when I just, it was just before I was 39, we had emailed our family and said that it, this is just isn't going to happen for us. So we're going to explore other avenues. We're going to, you know, see where the Lord lead us, leads us. So we had sort of thought we'd close that chapter. And at the end of that month, I found out that I was expecting. So mm -hmm. it was, it was probably the most glorious moment of my whole life. <laughs> and even my doctor, when she called, she, she was screaming at me on the phone. <laughs> like, she, she just, she was going crazy. It was beautiful. So I, she's, what did you do? What did you do? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> she did it one more time. <laughs> it's so much work when you're trying. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's so draining. It's draining in every every way possible. So uh, we always knew that it wasn't sustainable. So in that time, and so you know, I got to be thirty nine. So three months before I turned forty, I had my little miracle baby girl, Josephine, mm. and uh, so she is uh, two and a half now. Actually, Maya and I had babies three months apart. So our babies are the same age. So they are going through almost the exact same thing. <laughs> and she is a force to be reckoned with. She is a walking, talking, like totally uh, just beautiful. She's such a beautiful child. I, I, I'm home with her right now. I do part-time bookkeeping and uh, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So there's some interesting uh, comments here because I think we need to kind of pipe in. Um, Clara says we've gone through 10 years of infertility and now we're waiting to adopt um, praying God sends us our child our children soon um, another uh, woman Bass uh, is saying I'm in the same boat 10 years of trying no baby and so um, oh, Roseanne Lista says I had my first child at 44 God so, um, so when um, Sarah and I and um, and Maya we were chatting yesterday, that was sort of something too that kind of emerged is you know the pain of of infertility and those years and years and years of of waiting and you know sometimes being judged by others and you know are you gonna have more than one you know and just those thoughtless comments that, that some people make. And we want to assure you that um, that we're going to be praying for you. 
Um, I'm always having a fight with our Blessed Mother saying, come on, you know, the women having abortions, why don't you like stop those and give babies to, the, you know, so I have good solid fights. So I want you to know that you're in my uh, prayers. So the, the question was, some of you might be saying, okay, the question was, is it safe to have a baby at 40? Maya, is it safe? What are your thoughts? Um, well, before I answer that, it, I, I guess I just want to say that it, it, it really is a mystery. You know, you bring up this question of, you know, all the babies that are rejected and then all the babies that are longed for and prayed for. Uh, it doesn't make sense in our puny little minds. But um, if I could just say that, I mean, having waited all the years, I felt like I waited a long time to be married because I had... You did, I, I mean, I was, I was 30, I guess I was, I can't remember how old I was when I got married. I was 40. I was 40. I turned 40 that year. Or sorry, 39. Anyway, doesn't matter. But it, it was a long wait because um, all my siblings had been married. But there was a sense of that, that there weren't really men to marry, you know, and that there was a, a part of me that was uh, a victim. Like, I don't, I don't like that word terribly, but a victim of our society, a victim of our culture that doesn't really raise young men that are ready for marriage. So um, I had to grapple with that. And in the same way, I think we can look at this whole dilemma of abortions versus uh, infertility and see it as, it's, it's not so much that, you know, the Lord is handing out babies to certain people and not to others. It's, it's that my life, is making up for maybe you know my infertility right now because we haven't been able to to conceive again um since my first my son was born you know maybe that's making up for some of the spiritual you know pain of the sacred heart with regards to the abortion the abortions in our in our day and age and i don't i mean i'm just saying that there's a cosmic reality there that i can't we can't necessarily measure. Mm -hmm. And I know as much as I, I long for another child, um, the, if I truly want to do God's will, like that's in, that's up to him. And if my longing is making up for something in a spiritual, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's just but, something yeah, there yeah, though yeah, that no, no. And, and, and trying to, trying to make it very, um, you know, if I'll take that one since they don't want it, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, and that's where you know I have real limits, you know, because sometimes I'm just way too simple, and I always invite people that are smarter than me, <laughs> that yeah. bring a more mystical reality to it, and and, and I mean, uh, it doesn't, it it does make it easier actually, because then I feel like there's a reason, and I I guess that's that's the bottom line. And a long time ago, the Lord was very clear in in prayer. Um, telling me that I had many children. I already had many children. And um, I had many children in my nieces and nephews. Um, I know it's not a biological maternity, but I mean, the love that we share is, is real. And I've, I've had girlfriends that don't have nieces and nephews that they're close to and or don't have any. Um, and they saw how rich I was. And I had to accept that as being the maternity that was enough for me right now. Mm -hmm. And then further to that, my students um, and whoever was that came into my life, you know, there was something the Lord was trust entrusting to me. So I, I'm, I'm not, 
I am not the type to spiritualize everything, but this is an area where um, it's not, it's not a commodity. Babies are not something you go and get. It's, it's about making your heart bigger, letting the Lord show you how you're going to be a mother. You know, right now I'm a mother to a two and a half year old and I've never done this before. And I'm, you know, he can, yeah, he baffles me. It's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my, I'm my, like, thank you. I thought I knew everything, but yeah, no. so we've got a couple of comments here. So Clara's saying that uh, the redemptive suffering of infertility is good to offer up. And so if you're not familiar with the practice of uh, offering up, it's, it's um, that whenever you're suffering, you take your suffering and you say, Jesus, I, I, I join you on the cross. I'm with you up there. Your suffering is mine. And I would like to use this suffering, um, if I could, for a particular intention. So when people um, say, don't waste your suffering, that's what they mean. And my mother was huge into redemptive suffering. I could tell you stories that would have you rolling on the floor laughing because I she once broke her hip. I said, oh, can you offer some of your suffering up for me? She goes, no, are you kidding? I got enough for my own sense. <laughs> and she was like, no, pretty deal. So my mom was just as kind of wacky as I was. But um, anyway, so someone else here, Sheila, is saying that I'm seven months pregnant at 43. I consider him or her to be a miracle baby. And also thanks to my NFP doctor, part of the program for eight years. Um, absolutely, the society of men feel and think that they're not worthy of marriage due to how independent women have become. And that's, you know, I can really understand that because I myself got married, you know, quite late in life. And so, you know, delivering seminars internationally, Australia, New Zealand, Hawaii. And I guess because I was working with so many people, it, it just did become a little bit, it was dehumanizing, right? Um, and I had to chain, anyway, I don't want to go into my story. It's not why we're here. But but it was it was hard to meet someone that could kind of take you and your professional success and say, okay, I can take on this, you know, Tasmanian whirlwish strong professional woman. All right. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, I, I don't think necessarily that men are ter are very conscious of that, um, like of that uh independence that they don't like it because um, I kind of find that my husband, um, there was double standards, but he wasn't conscious of them until I highlighted them. But he liked the fact that I was feisty and independent and owned a house. And, and then at the same time, like, you know, he's, he loves that I'm making him like three hot meals a day. And he likes the fact that I'm at home and, you know, it's like, you can't have it all sweetheart, you know? <laughs> Yeah, no, and it's, um, so let, let's just go, look, I want to rein in a little bit on the topic, because I'm, wait, we got yeah. five new messages, hold on, um, so Nella says, beautiful perspective, Maya, it's about making the most of our current situation, whatever that may look like, God is with us regardless, and he gives us the opportunity to offer our joys and our sorrows, so Sarah, do you think it's a good idea having a baby at 40 or past 40 or? Well, you know, I, I, 
I think whenever the Lord puts it on your heart, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a great idea. If it's on your heart, then then you know what? Give it, give it everything you've got. I, I think it's a great idea. I I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm tired. <laughs> I am tired and I feel every day of my 42 years old. So it's it it definitely it takes it out of you, but I, I don't know what I what was I saving it for? I that energy, I don't know. So it, <laughs> it's, it's been the most, you know, it's been the best time of my life. Even though I am just, I'm constantly at a loss. <laughs> I feel like it. I feel like I'm constantly losing the battle. So with a two-year-old. So it uh yeah, I think it is a great idea. I think whatever the Lord puts on your heart is is uh is something you should explore and just give yourself to as fully as you can. Yeah, and I th- like one thing I, I, that has surprised me in uh, delivering corporate seminars is like how many women would come up to me and say, like, I really, really want a baby. I want to have a third, but my husband, he doesn't want us to have a third, and so yeah. we're not having a third. And I'm like, since when? Well, you have. But I mean, okay, let me finish. Let me finish, and then you can. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. So, like, we're called to follow God's will. And sometimes that might mean putting our marriages a little bit under fire, right? Um, And I think a lot of women, you know, I think we've had this woman's movement and yet, you know, a lot of women have fought for this right and fought for that right. And I know women who are visibly depressed and sullen because they've got more babies in them that are dying to come out, they do but that's something in their marriage. And I could tell you story upon story that she's not willing to duke it out and say, wait a minute, you're being selfish. Wait a minute, you know? And, and so one of my big messages to moms is like, you're here to live God's will. And of course you want to have unity and peace in marriage, but sometimes you can't have unity and peace because I always say to my husband, if there's a fire in the house, I'm not going to be saying, oh, hi, honey, I love you. You know, I'm like, no, there's a freaking fire. <laughs> and we got to, you know. <laughs> and so, so anyway, that's just my little crazy rant there. Um, so Maya, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad you finished because um, I, I, was I, I wasn't sure if I agreed with that sort of idea of, um, you know, God's will versus your husband's will, because to me, there's something, the Lord is present in your marriage, right? I, I, I guess that's, a, that's maybe another conversation, but um, yeah, I agree that if you're not confronting your, your spouse about the desires of your heart, and if, if he's willing to dismiss those, if they really are strong, but um, I mean, sometimes also people are. There's the, church's, there's the church's teaching too, right? Like, you know, it wasn't until someone gave me Humanae Vitae, the encyclical. I didn't even know such a document existed. And someone gave me the encyclical. And, you know, the church, like, you know, birth control is a mortal sin. And you can't go to yeah. heaven with a mortal sin on your soul. Yeah. No one ever says that anymore, right? Yeah. Um, and it's a hard thing to face, but like if we as wives don't bring it up with our husbands, then like we're there to sanctify them and get them into heaven. And if they're mortal sinning, you know, 
it, I think a little tension is healthy. You know, I don't, I, I'm, I'm saying a little tension. I mean, these, these can either be <laughs> difficult issues to work through. These are not easy, but I'm saying that tension is okay, you know, and I, at least in, in my experience, it's been good. And you, you sort of, you know, so the, 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 the wife says, this is my heart. And the husband said, this is my heart. And how do we work through it? And sometimes that comes beautifully, you know, that turns out into something beautiful. So yeah. it, it's worth exploring though, you know, especially. Yeah, and, I, and I apologize. I'm like a little bit black and white sometimes. So forgive me. Um, so, so you, so you both, you both think that having a child at 40 is like awesome, right? Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not the idea. I don't think it's the ideal, even biologically, it's not the ideal for like obvious reasons, but I think we're also capable of having children up until menopause sets, you know, so there's a lot of women who've been mentioning um, in the, in the comments that they had their last baby at 43, at 45, you know, and so on. So I know my sister had her, um, her youngest when she was 43. I'm currently 43. Fertility has not been an issue in our family. So, and, and I was able to conceive within the first year of marriage, but that was three years ago. And the reality is medically and biologically, my fertility has dropped every year in those three years significantly. And the doctors are very, um, um, very quick to mention that, you know, you got to hurry up, you got to get pregnant, like yesterday, you're running out of time, your eggs are on your low count, you know. <laughs> and so I feel the pressure and, and really, all it is, is that I'm open, like, that's really all that the Lord asks of us, right? And openness is what you're saying is not contracepting, um, having openness to that life, and then let the Lord decide you know, what it's going to be, because you might not be able to have an, uh, any more children. But what if he does? Like, um, my older sister, Christiana, she's been on the panel, she's been on a guest on, on one of these meetups. And uh, they had a nine year difference between their last and then their, um, their second son. And uh, he's been such a blessing to them, because she has all these adult or like teenage children now. And it's changed their lives to have an, a, a little brother. Um, and that's been a great example. Uh, like a, a, I've seen that just firsthand, that that's a beautiful gift that you give to your children and to your marriage. And it makes you young again. I think somebody else said that. My son keeps me young, man. No, and like, you know, we still have uh, Monica and Michael living with us. And it's because they're living with us that I'm like, okay, you got to learn Zoom. You got to do this. You got to do that. Mom, you got to get on Instagram. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I got to add something, Maya. I got to add something about openness to life because that was always a tricky spot for me in those 13 years. It was always tricky because openness, at least the way I would read it, would always be openness to a large amount of children or at least another one or Right. Whatever. So for, I finally came to a realization that zero is a number and then that might be the Lord's will for us. But we were still open, you know, open to whatever the Lord's will was. So it, uh, it just for anybody listening, that zero is a number. It, and it's, it's, some, it's sometimes what the Lord wills for you, right? So. Yeah. And, and, and so this is, you know, sort of the, like you, you didn't will 13 years of infertility. Exactly. Exactly. Um, 
Maya, you didn't, you know, will not to have another child. You probably wanted to, you know, get married sooner. And so sometimes just facing the fact that we have to surrender that they're, you know, we don't have full control. And I think as women, we so much want, you know, yes. control. Yes. And, um, and so I think driving, right? The Lord. Oh, you lost Maya there. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 The Lord is driving your. The Lord's driving your ship, basically. Like he. Yeah. He, so he, how do you think um, that having a child at forty? How do you think it kind of changed your world view? I'm curious. Yeah. So the the healing that I I underwent when I was when I was in my thirties, uh, probably, uh, I, I did a lot of healing and it, if there she is, hello. I underwent a lot of healing and I, I realized that I had quite a lot of worldviews that just weren't, they, they weren't working for me. One of the biggest ones that I needed healing for that has really helped me in my motherhood is just to be understanding of where, people are coming from. So just be, I have a little bit of a softer view of humanity in general, I think. And that's really informed the way that I mother in that I, I can really just be in uncomfortable situations and just be in them. And it's okay. You know, it, she, she can be upset. She can be just, you know, losing it completely and it's okay. And we'll just sit here and we'll figure it out, you know? So I think 20 years ago, that that would not have been me at all. Yeah, and we have a beautiful comment here from uh, Clara who's saying, a married couple is a family. And openness wow. to life may include, you know, many miscarriages. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is one of the reasons that we're having, you know, these conversations as a part of a Catholic moms group, because some of these things don't get talked about. And, you know, our culture is telling us don't have a baby after 40. Our culture is telling us not to have, you know, yearnings in our heart for more. And so we're kind of here to nurture the promptings in your heart. Amaya, um, how, how do you think having a baby at 40 is kind of, like, are you a different mother because you're a mother at 40 instead of 20 or 22? Or how is being a mom a little bit different? Uh, well, I mean, from, I guess I can only compare to my sisters, um, and their experiences with their first kids. Um, definitely way less anxiety about things now. Um, um, there's just a lot of security that I enjoy as a 40 year old, 40 something year old woman. Um, I don't have regrets about the past because I was always, it was always on the Lord's terms. You know, I, I worked, I served him. I, I, I was always available to him. And so I, I had to trust that I was on his path and it wasn't exact. It wasn't what I wanted. I, it was never what I wanted. I didn't want to be a teacher. <laughs> I had to be a teacher and it was a good fit. You know, I never wanted to, um, to move to Barry's Bay and do what I did there. Um, but I did it with my whole heart, you know? So now as, as a mother and I have a son and I look at him and I'm, I, I see him as other, I see him as another, as a person that God has put into my life. Yes. Um, I don't think I would have had that 
capacity at 20 whatever um although i would have grown into it like i've i've seen my sisters mother their children over two decades differently and i think that's just part of the way it's supposed to be um i'm also i think a big part of it is being married later in life is also a huge for me i mean sarah you guys were married in your 20s but um yeah that's this is that's been a real t difficulty too it's been a um something to overcome maybe get used to i guess being married and not being um either one of us being single anymore um so yeah yeah anyway there's a beautiful comment here um and it's uh, Martine, she comes out to the St. Uh, Peter and Paul Mothers Group quite often, and this is like bang on truth. The last 20 years or so, you do not say or hear young woman saying, I just can't wait to get married. Um, the, the society of my generation is gone. Our parents' generation was first and foremost to marry and start a family. However, society has dictated that women should be going out to work and never mind about being a mom. I've read so many magazines in the 70s who were encouraged to leave their mother roles and hence the choice for women to be free. So men, I did not feel like, you know, they were needed. And, you know, the, we could have a whole conversation about what the feminist movement has done to, to motherhood. And, you know, I keep on saying like right now we don't need more you know professional you know lawyers and doctors and librarians like we do need more devoted mothers you know um and some of them can be women i think there's a there's a danger that we talk about it as if you know we haven't um achieved that kind of I, I, I don't know what other language to use, but I'll say the E word, equality. <laughs> I, I don't know, like, here's the thing. You can have it all, but not all at the same time. We have to make sacrifices. Um, I, I don't know, I don't know. Like, I'm not a good person to, to ask because I always wanted to be married. I always wanted to be barefoot and pregnant, you know, making cookies and getting the kids. I always wanted to be home, a homemaker. So I am living the dream right now. I've waited a long time for this, but my, one of my principals um, where I was working the last uh, school, that's what she said to me. She, she said she was a single woman. She still is. And she said, women can have it all, but not all at the same time. And when they try to juggle everything, they're very unhappy. And I'm telling you, the women I worked with as a teacher were yeah. very unhappy. Yeah. There are a lot of unhappy teachers. You give everything in the classroom. You have to. They're so demanding, the kids. Yeah. And then you come home and you want to shove your kids in a corner and tell them to be quiet. So you give them an iPad or whatever. I'm not criticizing. I do it too but you need those moments, but there's no other option. You only have so much to give. You're limited. You know, I'm limited. I'm sorry. I should speak for myself. And I just, I found that my reservoir was so shallow, you know? Um, well, I don't know if that's the word. Maybe it was very full and I just couldn't give it all. I had to give it all to one or the other. And, um, I didn't know how to share it. It was, it was too much for me. I actually stopped working as soon as I got pregnant. Yeah, I couldn't, good. I couldn't do it. I no, many, you know, many books will say that, you know, the, the time that a woman is, you know, pregnant is like a sacred time. And, mm -hmm. and 
you know, it's like, I get so worried for women because I'm kind of like, okay, like you're nine months pregnant and you're still jumping on the go train and going to downtown Toronto and then picking up the other from daycare and then rushing home to go to Metro to pick up a barbecue chicken and then dealing yeah. with, you know, your boss who is now texting you or sending you messages on Slack at 10 o'clock at night. And one of the reasons we started this ministry is because like, I'm just so afraid of what's going to happen to that generation of women. They're going to just drop dead. Right. Yeah. Well, they are, they're very unhappy. And you know, the other thing is like joy and peace and patience. Those things have to be cultivated. Like that takes cultivating something takes time. Right. And like, I, I just saw that there was no room. Okay. Now we talk about it as like self care me time, you know, but, I don't have any of that, you know, but I'm very joyful. I'm very peaceful. You know, patience is touching <laughs> <laughs> cultivating it. But, cultivating it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's I have the opportunities here, you know, at home to do that. When you're working. Sorry. It's much yeah. harder. So, Sarah, the one thing that um, we talked about a little bit yesterday, which I thought was really cool and I wanted to bring up again, that uh, you were saying that you noticed how your mom after she had you know this child and that child that she became a you know a different mom so the 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 way we are as a mother you know changes can you tell us a little bit more about yeah so i remember i was living away from home at the time i had come home for a visit and my sister is uh, 14 years, I have a 13 or 14 years difference from me. So uh, I had been living away for a while and she was still a little, she was still a little kid. And I came home and uh, my, my mom said to my sister, so what would you like to eat this week? And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you asked me what I wanted to eat. <laughs> so it was just, it was, it was just much more chill. My mom was just much more of a chill mom. Uh, she, she, she just, I think she relaxed somewhere in there. Um, and, and maybe that's just what happens with age. I don't know. I don't know. But she, she was a, she was such a different mother. And, and you know what, it wasn't, it wasn't in a bad way. Like I, I kind of think, uh, you know, maybe the first kids need a little more, you know, mothering some kinds. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the last kids, they have so many people mothering them. <laughs> Right. At least in my family, there was, you know, seven other kids that were like, don't do that. <laughs> you know, so so it, it, again, it's just all with the Lord, all the way the Lord works it out. I think he, he, he just, he, for every kid, it was, it was different. And my mom really just kind of grew with it. She, she did what she needed to, but I, I remember it was very stark for me. You know? <laughs> so one of our mother's group leaders, um, is, is here online. I wanted to welcome uh, Christina Zasovsky, and she's got a really great comment here. She said, I was 22 when I had my first child and 41 when I had my eighth. Nice. After 40, you are a different mom. You have more life experiences and you are more confident about your mothering, right? So like when you've been around the block, whether professionally or, you know, traveling, there's a confidence that you bring to your mothering that, that you might not bring. Um, one thing I, I heard once uh, Scott and Kimberly Hahn say is that they find that a lot of couples, they refrain from having 
other children because they say, well, we won't be able to provide for them. And they don't think on a supernatural level that God can actually provide. Like we're so trained to think that we have to do all of the providing and that sometimes, you know, unexpected sources of cash pop up when you're following God's will. Oh, yeah. You kind of go like, oh, I didn't know how we were going to support this baby, and I didn't know how this was going to work, and I didn't think it was going to work. I had one mom, um, I, I forget how many kids she's got, but she's, she's, I think she has 10 or something in, uh, in my neighborhood, and she said when her parents saw how earnestly her and her husband were having more kids, they just said, you know what, you can have our house. Here, have it. Oh, my gosh. They okay. gave her the house. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, yeah. and, 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 you know, isn't there that every baby is born with a loaf of bread under their arm? Yeah. 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 Like it's, it's just, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I do encourage those of you that might be worrying about having another child that, you know, I would say talk to our blessed mother, you know, she has a way of, um, making things happen. Um, yeah. So Suzanne Atkinson is here from Ottawa. Hi, Suzanne. Hi, Suzanne. Oh, I forgot to mention something, so I have to mention it because we're, um, I've been a more relaxed mom with our last. I had it nearly 40 than I was with um, older kids. I, just, I wanted to mention, you know, our, our ministry, our mission is to revive the vocation of motherhood. And we do that in a variety of different ways. Um, we have a strong conviction that if we create mother's groups and that if we meet and talk, just like we're doing now, other mothers who love Jesus and love our blessed mother, that it ignites something in us and it gives us consolation. It gives us refreshment. Like I can't tell you how many family parties, you know, I used to go to and a cousin that, you know, would bait me because she knew I was religious and, you know, I'm going to leave the Catholic faith and I practice yoga. And it was just like to get a fight going with me. Right. And, uh, and I spent years trying to evangelize and then I got a bad reputation of being a bit of a crazy lady, which I probably am. But anyway, it, but it's so just refreshing to meet people. You don't have to convince. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, and, and, and so my mother's group for me was like my oasis. Once a month I'd go and I'd like, right? And then I could battle, you know, all the, the folks that were, um, you know, thought I was over the top and a hypocrite and blah, 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 you know, uh, I get it all. But so we, we start mother's groups. We have a publication how to start a mother's group. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, publication that is a full color, um, you know, magazine style format. You can purchase it on our website. It's like only $19.99. And if you order one, you're like really helping the ministry and it might inspire you to start a mother's group. Um, we also have a mother's group starter kit. So if a mom wants to start a mother's group, she would go to her parish. Um, and of course we got to kind of, we're in waiting mode now, but that kit has like about 25 things in it. And I'm not going to go over all of them now, but we have recently created 
a 52-week study guide. Um, and Sarah, yay! <laughs> Sarah um, is one of the contributors um, in the study guide. Suzanne Atkinson is also one of the contributors to the, the study guide. And it, our ministry is consecrated to our Lady of uh, but I just I just wanted to show you that each study is a lesson that has you know five components to it and it's very thorough and if you want to start a mother's group um, then, then there's lesson number two uh, I'm not militant that you have to use this at every single mother's group meeting um, you know people like to change it up but we do have a kit this is in the kit this is in the kit a whole bunch of things are in the kit and uh, we encourage you to support our ministry uh, on june the 27th we are having a catholic moms summit it's a saturday morning and uh, dr josephine lombardi is going to be um, speaking on motherhood as a vocation what does that mean so she'll do a talk on that um, carissa douglas will be giving a talk called the choices we make and then i'll be giving a short reflection on the five marks of a christian mother so mark your calendars for june the 27th um sarah do you have any kind of closing thoughts or questions or anything you'd like to share with moms that are you know 40 years old and not have children or 40 years old and would like to have children do you have any thoughts well, I was just reading one of your one of the comments here from Rebecca here, and she was saying that it's very hard to not be a mom and the feeling of not fitting or being broken or ashamed of not being a mother. So I, I think if I could say anything, I, I would say you're not alone. These those feelings are very normal for for what for what you're going through and uh, you know try to connect with people if you can. I that was one of the things that I really revived me when I was going through some of my hardest uh, points in life. And, and it was uh, connecting with a group of bloggers. Unfortunately, they're not, they, they don't, most of them don't blog anymore, but it really was the shot in the arm that I needed that I wasn't alone and that I wasn't broken, strange, you know, I didn't, I felt like I didn't fit anywhere, but I finally fit somewhere. So it, uh, yeah, you're not alone, no matter what you're going through, even if you're going through secondary infertility, even if you know you have three four five kids it's always it's always painful when you have another child on your heart and it just doesn't happen so uh, that and that's a real grief that is always a real grief no matter how many kids you do have um but yeah you're not alone seek out people i was just messaging rebecca and say maybe she and i can contact it can be in con uh, connection afterwards so yeah um that, I think if anything, that would be something. Yeah. And, and prayer, of course, staying close to the Lord, as close as you can. You can be angry at him. He, he's okay with that. So yeah, yeah, just stay as close as you can to the Lord and really be as open as you can to his will. Um, and, and, and Maya, do you have any kind of closing thoughts to moms that are, you know? 
Yeah, I, I realized that the demographics of the people on this uh, webinar are mostly moms, if any of them are not. Um, I'm not in like, you know, and let's say you're not a mom because, or you, like if Sarah's saying, you have uh, older children and you're still hoping to have more. Um, I, I think um, you need to be leery of the fertility clinics. Um, that hasn't come up, but um, I have one of my best friends is a fertility specialist. She can't treat me, but um, she's, she was my sort of liaison when I was going to the fertility clinics just to have my cycles monitored. That's pretty much all they can offer you. Um, if it's a, if it's a secular, just, um, you know, something covered by OHIP, these fertility clinics are out to, um, get you <laughs> artificially, uh, pregnant and, um, it's also immoral. So that would be something to, before you go in that direction is just, gar um, arm yourself with information and knowledge so that you don't get pushed into methods of con con of of conceiving that are uh, against our um, moral teachings of our church. Um, there is a so what, what fertility, fertility care yeah. Toronto. Um, they would be the place to go for the Creighton model, teaching how to, you know, they could help you um, learn how to monitor your own cycles. I had learned how to do the Billings ovulation method as a single woman and as, an, as a celibate person, because I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to know what was happening with my body. Um, and then as a married woman, it helps me pinpoint those fertile days. But now with my age advancing, you know, things are not as clear cut. Um, so I did need some more help. And I'm telling you, these doctors are just pushing the IUI, the in vitro, and I'm like, you know, I'm able to say no, but I'm sure there's many women in their ignorance who are going for those treatments. Um, and I think openness, you know, uh, openness is really where God wants to bless you. When you open your heart, I, we're open to adoption. Um, it's a process. And so we're, you know, we're slowly moving in that direction. Um, and I'm still open, you know, physically, biologically to having more children. So the Lord can do whatever he wants. Um, yeah. And I, and I'm just, I'm my, the blessing is in having an open heart. Yeah. That's where I'm blessed. Yeah. So, yeah. So what would be, cause like a, a, a lot of women don't know that the certain practices are against the Catholic church teaching. So what practices are against Catholic church teaching? Well, any kind of invasive treatment that is going to separate the conception from the natural act of um, intercourse. So there's a, there's something called intrauterine insemination where they, you're, basically your husband has to masturbate in order to get the specimen and then they use the specimen and, you know, it sounds so, it's just, you know, it's, it's just, just chemistry. Yeah. It's just a procedure. It's not invasive, yeah. but it's immoral. I don't want my husband doing that. He doesn't want to do that. That's not, you know, that's just, it's just not for us on so many levels. Um, there's, there's, something, there's another uh, aspect of that too. Sometimes in the Petri dish, they make six or eight or 10 embryos, which. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's like right? step two, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's in, that would be considered intro, in vitro fertilization. 
Yes. And yeah. so they fertilize the egg outside of the body and then they inject that the they inject the baby back into you. I mean that's just crazy, right? And I mean I think it's pretty mainstream now and I'm sure we all know someone who has been born uh through in vitro or who have are going through it IVF treatments. Um it's yeah, really scary. I, I'm glad that you brought this up because it, yeah. it's just amazing how, you know, many average kind of cultural Catholics don't know that even having, you know, the tubes tied, it's a sin. It's a mortal sin, right? Because um, you're no longer open to God's plan. Um, so that's another reason we, we host these sessions. Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure from your doctor to go and just go through the motions and um, OHIP pays for a lot of it. So that's another temptation. But my friend told me also that IUI, there's, it doesn't increase your chances at my age to get pregnant. So there's no loss. Um, I'm not missing out, basically. And Just have more NAPRO, sex. <laughs> NAPRO, has a, NAPRO has a better, much better success rate. Yeah. It's still like, even though they can bypass all of the uh, physical aspects of the of our bodies, they can bypass it all. Napro still has a much better success rate because they work with your body and they work with your 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 cycles and you, you the levels in your blood. They don't just override all of it. At least that's yeah, that's been my experience. So. Yeah, and I, I wanted to kind of just pipe in because, you know, I had always wanted, you know, I always said I'm going to get married at 24 and I'm going to have four kids and I didn't get married till I was 34 and uh, in 1999 I got extremely sick and, uh, you know, rare disease and complications of the disease. Um, I was, we were told by medical doctors that for me to carry a baby would have been life-threatening. And so um, I, I had never heard of this secondary um, infertility that, that you had talked about. But the, the one thing that pulled me through was something that my mom used to always say. And I want to leave you with that thought is, you know, Niema tego złego, co na dobre nie wyszło. Niema tego złego, co na dobre nie wyszło, which means... There is nothing bad that happens that God can't make good of it. Um, and I heard that over and over and over and over again. And, you know, when I was sick laying on the futon with a two-year-old and a four-year-old and had renal bypass surgery, and then I was given the wrong medication, so it killed the kidney that I had a bypass to save. And uh, it was just like angiograms and angioplasties and just a horrific two years. And, you know, it was just a mess. And I got extremely, extremely depressed. But that my mother, and what that experience did to me is it really rooted me in the conviction that each child really is a gift. Yeah. Um, and that I just prayed that every woman that could have a baby would have one, like, come on, <laughs> you know? And uh, I could honestly say it was at that time where the seeds were planted for this, like, I think that my passion and my crazy drive to, to get this message out to women that children are a gift, that motherhood is a vocation, it stems from those two years of suffering. Um, and there was more suffering after that, which now is not the time to get into it. But it was 
all those years of suffering that just put this burning furnace, um, you know, in my heart. And, and, and so I'm like, okay, Lord, show me, show me how this, this cross could actually be a blessing to others. Show me, show me, you know. It's almost like it was a labor. This is, this is another baby, right? This is a, that, that definitely a labor. <laughs> That's what you saying. If you have one more baby out there. <laughs> yeah, you had a very large baby. <laughs> I keep on praying for them. So I'll be, I'll be praying for you, Sarah. I'll be praying you. for you, Maya. I'll be praying for all of you. Please know that, uh, you know, you're, you're burning in my heart. Um, there's a couple of books that are, that, that Sarah had recommended. Um, someone said to, from Maya, Romans 828, uh, I have to go. Um, anyway, it's five after three. And I remember one month, some, someone said to me, that you ended that meeting so abruptly. You know, so I, I don't want to end it abruptly. Um, I want to thank you, Sarah, for saying, giving us your yes today. Um, thank you. Maya, thank you for giving your yes today. It's such a gift. Um, and any other final thoughts before we you know, something, something came to mind just as you were wrapping up. Um, and I, this is a truth that I hope everyone hears really clearly is that no one has ever heard a woman say, I wish I didn't have that kid. I wish I didn't, like, I regret having little Johnny. He was just a mistake. Nobody. But people have always, you always hear women say, I wish I had another. I wish we had more. I heard my own mother say that. She had four. I wish we had another one. I wish we had more kids. No one ever says the opposite. So I just... It's so scary in this world to be a woman. No, it's, you really have to be a rebel. I'm a rebel. I'm 100% a rebel. And, and you, have to, you just have to be bold, right? Yeah, and we have to get the message out. Like moms, we have to get the message out to our daughters. You know, like well, either Sarah or Maya are saying that the average pregnancy these days is like 39. That's the yeah. average in Canada. Yeah. Um, yeah. As mothers, you know, we need to be talking to our girls and saying, get started and get going because it's beautiful, right? Because yeah. um, we encourage girls, you know, to join sports and we encourage girls to get their degrees and we encourage this and we encourage <laughs> that. Let's encourage them and, you know, just show them how beautiful it is yeah. um, to be a mom. So uh, we need to get that message out. Um, so thank you all of you for um, joining us today. Thank you. Thanks everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Martine. Thank Good you, Fred, you. Thank you, Amy, Susan, Vicente. Hi, Amy. Thank you, Clara, again. So thank you, all of you, for being here. Um, and for those of you that didn't want to chat, we love you. We're praying for you. And thank you for putting up with uh, all of our imperfections. We're learning as we go. And uh, we'll see you next week with Father James Casper giving a reflection on the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And the 27th, we have the Catholic Mom Summit. And please know that you are in my daily prayers. Love you. Bye. Bye, everyone. I'm so glad we had this time to <laughs> <laughs> just to have a chat and say hello.
Seems we just get started and before you know it, there's 14 new messages. <laughs> well done. Uh, so thank you everyone. Our suffering is never wasted. The privilege of being a woman. Um, and anyway, we love you. We're praying for you. Come back, join us next week. And uh, we love hearing from you. So sh shout us an email and I can forward it. If you want to get in touch with Maya or Sarah, I still want to get Maya back on how to make a house beautiful because she's got lots of tips. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and I want to have Sarah back and we'll tell you why, but I'll tell you later. But anyway, so thank you to all of you. <laughs> and uh, goodbye. Love you. And please visit our website. Okay, bye-bye.